You are beautiful. You are worthy. Your dreams were put on your heart for a reason. No matter what anyone else might think of you for following them. So stand up, stand tall, and stand proud. You were made to shine. You guys, what is crackalackin'? How are we? How are we doing? Happy Sunday. Happy beautiful end to your week, beginning to your next week. I still, up for debate, up for debate. Is Sunday the start of a week or is it the wrap up? Because I'm a full believer, Sunday is the wrap up, yet I was... Nicely humbled when my younger sister very sternly informed me that no Sunday is the beginning of the next week. And I have literally just never heard it put that way. So let me know. Spotify is doing this cool new thing. If you're if you're listening to this on Spotify, Spotify is doing this cool new thing where you can ask questions. Like as a podcast host, I can ask you questions at the end. Um, so maybe that will be my first. Actually, no, it won't. My first question will always be, what was your biggest takeaway? Because as always, my prayer for this podcast and the ministry through this podcast is that you do find value in this and that you do find takeaways in this. And wherever God positioned this seed on my heart, I pray that it touches yours in such a way that he intended it for. Because here's the thing. Let's just level set. You and me, raw and real, Right now, in this moment, I don't know where this is coming at you, whether you're in your car, whether you are on the stair stepper, whether you're doing laundry or dishes, or I don't know. I don't know where this finds you. But just for one second, unless you're driving, I just want you to just want you to breathe. Whether you look at Sunday as the end of your week or the start to your next, I know for a lot of people that brings a very heavy weight and it brings a very heavy burden and there's a lot of fear in there. I was having this conversation with my sister recently that I can't remember the last Sunday I've had that I haven't had, you know, I think people call them Sunday scaries, but just like that feeling in your stomach, like, oh, here we go again. Like, what is the, and and not necessarily because I'm over here like, oh, you know, the job or whatever, it's just hard. I don't love it because I love everything that I do. I genuinely love everything that I do. And yet I still, it's like coming back from a vacation. Even if you love what you do, even if you, okay, for my parents out there, you love your kids, right? When you go on a couple's getaway trip, I know, I know, even you Christian parents over there, like driving home, you're like, oh God, here we go again. Got to be a parent again. It was nice to not be a parent for a week. And now I got to go home to the four kids, right? Like there's part of you that even if you love it, you, you kind of, there's a part of you that's like, ugh, here we go. And there's angst and there's anxiety. And for some of you, you're in a season right now where you just don't feel good enough. Like an 
anything, in anything that you do, you just don't feel qualified. You don't feel competent. I don't know who I'm speaking to. I really wasn't even planning on saying this today. So it makes me feel like God really needs you, whoever you are to hear this. You just don't feel enough in any sort of capacity. And it's like, no matter how fast you run, you don't feel like you're getting anywhere. You are on the treadmill of life. You are sprinting, but not making any physical progress in your race. And you feel depleted. You also feel exhausted of being exhausted. You are sick of yourself. You are sick of showing up every day tired and not looking good and with no energy. And you know you're being a jerk to your friends and your spouse and your family. And you're like, why am I acting this way? And it's because you're afraid. You're afraid that you aren't enough. And you're running this race to try to prove yourself based on a man-made metric. And forever, whoever this is for, you can't quantify a God-ordained value with a man-made metric. So no matter how much money you make, no matter what promotion you get, no matter what condo you buy, no matter what kind of ring you get on your finger, no matter what spouse you have, no matter how many kids you have, no matter what, you are never going to feel enough if you are measuring yourself on the measuring stick of man. You're not. You are not. And I say this to you, not from a place of judgment, not from a place of condemnation, but from a place of, I freaking get it. I get it. Do you know how many times in my life I have, I have defined my worth based off of so many worldly things. And and I still struggle. Like every day it is an intentional prayer. God God, remind me who I am. Remind me whose I am. Remind me I am not defined by this world because it's so easy to. In high school, I suffered from a horrible, horrible relationship with food that led to an eating disorder and then a binge eating disorder because I was defining my worth based off the size of my waist. I remember every morning I'd wake up and I'd lift my shirt up. I look at my stomach and how flat my stomach looked that day would determine how worthy I felt to just be alive. In college, I measured my worth by whether or not I won my last tennis match. If I lost, it was like the losses hurt more than the wins felt good. Because if I won, I expected that of myself. If I lost, it was like the world came crashing down and I was worth nothing. I've measured my worth in my significant others when I was dating someone, right? Like I identified myself as their girlfriend, not as Annie Mayfield, as their girlfriend. And then in the past couple of years where I've really just taken kind of a back seat and been focusing on myself, I graded my worth on the fact that I didn't have anybody and everybody else seemed to. You will always find fault with yourself if you are trying to find your worth in this world. Because this world tells you it's how many followers you have. This world tells you it's how many people love you and like you and, 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 and praise you and clap for you and celebrate you and how much money you have and the, the bling and the flashiness and all the stuff. That's what the world celebrates and that's what they tell you is worthy. And I'm just, I'm telling you from someone who has had 
not a ton, but but some experiences in her life where I got that, where I got this the applause of a huge crowd and the the claps of of, of people for hitting you know number one, but whatever, whatever. It doesn't last. Like it just doesn't. That high, that oh, I finally made it. It lasts for maybe in my case a day <laughs> before you're like, oh crap, I got to do that again to keep them clapping. And you turn into a puppet that everybody else is playing your strings on. Here's what I want to get across to you. If you govern yourself by man-made metrics to try to define your worth, you are never going to feel enough. You're not. You are never going to feel enough. And I'm not saying I'm perfect And I'm not saying you can be perfect. There's no such thing. But I'm saying there can be a perfect intention to fix your awareness on the worth your creator gave you. Because here's the problem. When we let the world define who we are, how worthy we feel we are to pursue things fluctuates as the crowd fluctuates. When the crowd is clapping, we feel worthy to keep going. When they're no longer clapping, we feel like we're not allowed to to ask for that promotion. We're not allowed to dream that dream, to go for that goal. And we let our progress be dependent on the applause of other people and on the words of other people. And that is not how you get stuff done. That's not how dreams are made and goals are accomplished. That's just not how the seed that God put on your heart, that's not how he intended it to be watered. The seed God gave you on your heart was never designed to be watered by man. It was designed to be watered by God. And when you put your worth on other people, you can't do that. It's like putting poison on the seed. It's going to kill it. It's going to kill it and kill it and kill it. And what you're carrying, I don't even know who you are, but whatever you're carrying, if you are here, if you are alive, if you are breathing, there is a reason you are on this earth. I believe that with every single soul of my being, which means I've got to let you know, you got to stop poisoning your seed. You got to stop poisoning your seed. And you got to start pouring over it the water of life, the source of life, the fountain of fruit, which is God, which is Christ Jesus, which is knowing that you are worthy, independent of what anybody else thinks of you, independent of your bank account, independent of even who you think you are, because it doesn't matter who you think you are or who people think you are. What matters is who God called you to be. It's who he made you because he knit you together in your mother's womb to be fearfully and wonderfully made before the world ever knew who you were, which means the world nor yourself can take away that value. So sorry, you're valuable. Sorry, you're worthy. Sorry, you feeling you're not good enough over there. It's not true. And why am I saying sorry? Because I think a lot of times we worship our pity. Ooh, did a sharp turn right there. You thought I was like going to coddle you guys for the first, you know, the rest of the process. No, no. This is a call to rise up right now. We worship our pity. We get so used to feeling insecure. We start worshiping our insecurity. It feels comfortable for us to just tell ourselves a story. We're not enough. And to actually step out into this unknown territory where all of a sudden we are good enough and we are strong and we are valuable and we are loved and we are worthy of a purpose and a cause and we are called, that's freaking uncomfortable. 
That's an outfit that doesn't quite fit right with us because we don't know how to wear it. Because we've spent our entire life becoming really familiar with the feelings of insufficiency and insignificance. And what do we do with things that are familiar? We tend to hold tight to them because people are afraid of change. You know those people that just walk around and they're constantly saying like, well, back in my day, I was the, the football star. Like they can't get over their past glory or, or someone who is constantly the victim. Like they walk in and they just, oh, they just sigh. Like maybe it's a coworker or a family worker. And you're just, it's like, they're just, they're just egging you on to ask what's the matter. But you know, something's the matter because something is always the matter because they're always complaining. It's like they don't know what it's like to not complain. Those people are worshiping their insecurities. They're worshiping their misfortunes because they're afraid. They're afraid of letting go of that because that's their comfort zone. Their identity is insufficiency. And whatever you identify yourself with is what you hold on to, which is why it takes courage to identify yourself as a daughter in Christ, a son of God. Why? Why? Because it's a new identity. Dying to yourself and coming anew, which is what getting baptized, like giving your life to Jesus, that's what it's all about. It takes courage because it's literally saying, okay, I'm no longer holding on to the stuff that I used to call myself. I'm no longer holding on to the things that are familiar. That takes courage. That takes courage. And what happens is when we worship our not enoughness or we assume that identity of insufficiency, not only is it hard to let go of because it's the thing that we've worn our entire lives, but we also, we specialize it. We think that no one else feels not enough either. We look at the people that are doing exactly what we dream of doing, but don't feel good enough for. And we say, well, they don't struggle with what I struggle with. They don't struggle with feeling insufficient. Look at them. They're so confident. They don't struggle with feelings of insecurity. So recently I um, was doing an interview. I um, got selected for this award for a publication in, in Dubai. And one of the questions they asked was around like youth leadership and just, you know, if there's a word for the youth nowadays and I, I kept coming back. I felt like God kept bringing me back to this idea that, um, cause they asked me a lot of questions about confidence too. Like how can people be more confident? How can people be as confident as you? How can we make our, our youth leadership more confident? And I think what was so hard for me to articulate was I'm not, my confidence isn't from me. Like, good night, you know, asking me, like, how do we get the youth to, to feel good enough and to do something and to feel confident? It's like, I can't answer that because I feel not good enough almost every day. I feel insecure almost every day, but it's my understanding that God has called me and equipped me 
and God's gift and his calling can never be withdrawn, Romans eleven twenty nine. It's because of that that I can be confident. I can't be confident in myself. That's not good enough. And the minute I feel insecure, which is going to happen because I'm a human, I'm going to think, oh, I've lost it. I no longer have the right to be confident. I, wrote, I no longer have paved my way for confidence. I'm no longer good enough for this. I'm no longer qualified. But when my faith, when my hope, when my understanding, when my, the trajectory of my life is built on a firm foundation, on a rock, not the sand, a rock in Christ Jesus. I understand my confidence doesn't have to be in me. My confidence is in who he's called me to be and who he rides with me alongside. God doesn't call the qualified. He calls the willing. So the question is not, am I enough? The question is not, can I do this? The question is not, am I qualified? The question is, am I willing to show up for what God called me to do despite the fact I know I'm not enough? That's the question. And so my friends, some of you are not progressing in your goals, in your dreams, in your endeavors because you don't feel good enough and you're selling yourself this story that no one knows how you feel, that no one knows the, the darker sides of you. No one knows how insecure you are. No one knows how not qualified you think you are and no one else feels that way. No successful person feels that way, but that's a lie. Every single successful person, and trust me, I have listened to so many documentaries and biographies about successful people from historians to to war generals to like Kendall Jenner of the worlds and to models and to actresses. All of them feel insecure. Every single one of them. So what does that tell you? It tells you there's something bigger. Whether they even know it or not, there's something bigger. And that thing bigger is God. That thing bigger is the grace in Christ Jesus that we received. Knowing that, no, we're not enough. But in God, we are. And God wouldn't call you to something that he wouldn't equip you for. But you got to be willing to stand into that, to move into that. Stop specializing your doubt. Stop idolizing your pity. You are not going to be ready. No one, no one ever feels ready for the next step they need to take. But that's the point. That's the point. That's where growth is. Growth is on the other side of that uncertainty. It's on the other side of that discomfort. When, when, Christ, when Christ was, you know, doing his thing and he summoned Peter, you know, Christ, he changed Peter's name to Simon, which means the rock. And I forget what Peter means, but it's something not great. Um, and Peter was a fisherman. And what's so funny to me is throughout the entire scriptures, you know, it's this dichotomy between Peter and Simon the rock. And you see Peter struggling with this identity. It's like there's this part of me that's pre-Christ that, you know, is like before Christ got in my boat and that I struggle with. It's the darker parts of me. It's the more insecure parts of me. It's the parts of me that can't catch fish to save my life. It's the parts of me that, you know, was in trouble with my taxes. It's the parts of me that... That is, if you don't know the story of Peter, then you're probably very confused on why I'm talking about fish um, and taxes. But it's the parts of me that I'm insecure about that I don't feel good enough. And then there's this other part of me that was called by God, Simon, Simon the Rock, right? And it's the other part of me that, you guys, I totally have that flipped, I think. Simon Peter. Oh my gosh, this is so funny. Okay, if this tells you anything about doing ministry, just, you know, preach from the heart, you all. Anyways, Simon, Petros is the rock. So Peter's the rock, Simon's first name, whatever. 
The whole point is there's two parts of you. There's one that's not going to feel good enough ever. There's another part of you that understands in Christ Jesus, I am enough. And the dance of life is, is stepping into that other part of you. It's the stronger part of you. It's the part of you that says, you know what? No, I'm not enough, but I'm going to step forward anyway because in God I am. Same thing with Jacob and Israel. Jacob was, it was Old Testament, but you know, God changed his name to Israel. And you see like this dichotomy of Jacob who literally was, you know, stole the, the birthright of his older brother. He was not the best dude. He was, he ran his whole life. He did all, whatever. And then there's Israel who from him came all such a beautiful nation. And the point is God uses it all. He uses the part of you that doesn't feel good enough. He uses the part of you that does feel good enough. He uses it all. And so don't let the fact that you don't feel sufficient or you feel insignificant deter you from your calling because God uses it all. And you got to stop idolizing your doubt and your fear and you got to stop worshiping your pity because you will die there. That was heavy, but it's true. You might not physically die there, but I think physically dying is better than living the life most of us do where we died 30 years ago and we're walking around just like dead people with no hope in our hearts, no love in our life, no light coming out of our spirit. I would much rather physically die than live a life where every single day I am just surviving. I'm not living. And that is most of the world. And if you don't find the dance between not feeling good enough, but doing it anyways, you're gonna die there. And I can't not let you do that because whatever you are carrying is way too damn important. It is way too important. I believe with all my heart, God gave each person such a specific and unique gift. Only they can carry out. Only they can birth. Like a mother with a child that was born, that was grown and knit together on the inside of her. Only she can birth that child. It's the same with your gift. It's the same with your calling. And you cannot let it die in you. And the only way you can't let it do that is by getting over this idea that you're going to feel ready to go after it, that you're going to feel good enough to go after it, that there's going to become a time where you're just never going to have any more insecurity to go after it. That's never going to happen. But in Christ Jesus, you have grace, grace that says, I, when you fall down, I will pick you back up. And when you mess up, I will still love you. And when you run away, I'm running after you. But then you also have mercy which says, when you make the wrong decision, I will correct it. When you fail, I will use it for good. And that's why, even though without God, you, will ne- you were never qualified to begin with, through him you are. And my prayer is that you carry that out this week. And you do just one thing, one small thing, one small step, one small crawl towards whatever that thing is. And you know what it is because it's been on your mind. It might be a person that you just need to ask out already. Or it might be a question that you just need to ask your manager already. Or it might be an idea that you just need to journal about. You need to get out of your head and on paper. It might be a blog post. It might be the title of a book. It might be a collaboration product you need to reach out to that person about and joining. I don't know. I don't know. 
But I do know it will die in you if you don't just get over yourself and do something about it. I love you. And that's why I am coming at you hard today. Because you are worth it and you are needed. Amen. Hey friend, thanks so much for listening all the way through. The fact that you did says so much about your willingness and curiosity to get into your personal development and growth. You guys, if this episode touched you and your spirit in any way, I pray that you share with two friends that you think would really find value in this. This is how these messages get around. And I know I personally just really appreciate when a friend thinks of me when they listen to something and think that I'll find value in it as well. Also, if you find so willing, please tag to your Instagram stories and make sure to tag Annie B. Mayfield. At the end of every month, I will be doing a drawing from everyone that is posted on their Instagram stories for a $50 Amazon gift card. You guys, I appreciate and love you all so much. Have an amazing day.